Hello, and welcome to the Autism Society of Berks County Inspiration and Impact Podcast. I am your host, Carol Spencer, and joining me today again is Dory Blanchet, an occupational therapist and owner of Step-by-Step Pediatric Therapy, and we are going to continue a conversation we started earlier about sensory processing, sensory processing disorder, and how it might affect someone uh, with autism. So welcome back, Dory. Thank you for having me. All right, me thanks again, for Carol. joining us again. So the last time that we spoke, we talked about how sensory processing is um, the ability of the nervous system to take in information from the environment. So what we're seeing, we're hearing, we're feeling, process it. So how the brain is interpreting that, and actually how we respond to it. Um, but for someone who would be on the autism spectrum, it may be um, a more more intense and affect how they can navigate and even endure the environment around them. Um, so I, I guess that intensity of how sensory input affects a person ranges in a spectrum, not unlike autism. Right, right, right. From mild to severe. And we always have to keep in mind that every person is different in how they experience it and how they handle it. So what's true for one is not true for all. Right. So, and I would say that um, the way that you take in the sensory information, you can... Um, there's children who have a, um, hyper responsiveness to sensory stimulation or sensory information. There are also children that are hypo responsive and then kids that have a hard time modulating are more like the sensory seekers. Um, so so when sensory seeker, a hyper or hyper, it's more of a (laughs) modulation. Okay. Um, difficulty. So, um, when we're looking at sensory integration, all kids with autism are not um, don't have a hypersensitivity mm-hmm. to sensation. Some of them actually are hypo responsive. So, okay. like you had just said, there's mm-hmm. um, really a varying um, spectrum of how a child will react right. to different sensations and different senses. So. Um, so it's kind of like an overreaction and an underreaction? There's is that an a, overreaction a, okay. and an underreaction and then a kind of a modulation. Okay. So being able to um, um, react appropriately. And the kids who are, have the most difficulty with modulations are the kids who kind of seek out. Okay. And I, I know exactly we're talking about that. Um, I have a six-year-old son, and he is a seeker. See, from day one, he's been a seeker. So he will crash into couches uh i think from the time he was a toddler on he will push the top of his head into a pillow i've actually found him buried inside a couch if you can believe Mm -hmm, that between mm -hmm. the creases and for him that just gives him what he needs to to go on but he he is a cuddle bug a seeker he just he loves all that right so yeah seeker yeah (laughs) for sure and and so that's kind of also in in a different um when we talk about the different senses that are affected um for your son Mm -hmm. um his his seeking ability is probably seems within kind of like a proprioceptive um so i think we we should talk about the different sensations because I think those are a little confusing to parents, especially when they first meet with like an occupational therapist. Or, right. All those different. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so we don't really have five senses. We have more than that. Yeah. Including that funky one that you said. Yes. <laughs> you yes. Know? Exactly. So, how many do we really have? And um, 
I don't know if we'll have time to do go through all of them, but you know, can you share some examples that like sure. stick out for you? Yes, how somebody might be effective. Yeah. yeah. So, so start we, with the ones that we're familiar with. Okay. You know? So the ones that we're familiar with are um, hearing, auditory, vision, visual, olfactory, which is smell, taste. Um, so those are the kind of the outward senses that we're familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, the more uh, basic and the ones that develop the earliest um, in utero are the three senses that are more the inner senses and those are tactile or touch and that is light touch pain temperature is all within our touch receptors on our skin and throughout our body um, the one that I said was proprioception, and that's really your body awareness. And those are receptors that are in your joints, in your muscles, in your tendons, and they really tell you where your body is in space. Um, they, so that if you were, for example, buttoning a shirt, you don't okay. typically have to look when you're buttoning or tying okay. a shoe because you know where your hands are in space. Okay. Um, so a child who has some proprioceptive um, difficulties might have a hard time knowing where their body is in space. And I always think of one little boy that I had where he, when he would walk down the hallway in school, he mm-hmm. would always be kind of leaning against the wall. And it was really to kind of help him know where he was in that hallway. So just that um, subtle little movement, because I know Peter just will... Just being able to, t- to touch against the wall and know, okay, well, this is where I'm going. Okay. Because um, I know Peter will touch, like my son will just touch everything. And, uh-huh. and I wonder if, you know, I always thought maybe it was a tactile thing, but maybe it's just maybe he's keeping trying... him in line. So Right, right. And yeah. that's where, he, so for example, in line, like mm-hmm. when lots of um, elementary school kids have to line up in line, mm-hmm. and kids who have a difficult time with proprioception often are the kids who are bumping in or not really able to know, like personal space bubble. I was and, gonna say, is it something like that? Like yeah, you're, you're yeah. they're a, a close talker, or they're <laughs> right, <laughs> they're right, really close, and they right. don't really get that because I, I know with Peter, they've uh, they've been trying to work on that from day one, and I at this point I say, good luck. <laughs> Yeah, you know, good luck doing that one. But um, so, so what? What else have you seen with some of the other um, senses? The uh, the last one um, is the vestibular sense, and that is um, another really primitive sense that um, is in the inner ear. Okay, and it really tells your body where your head is in reference to your body in space. So, um, so- it keeps you upright it has a lot to do with movement and balance whereas proprioception is body awareness vestibular is really um trying to help you navigate um through uh through the world in an upright position okay um so kids who have a heart a hypo responsive vestibular system um you'll sometimes see uh, that they like a lot of spinning or a lot of movement, um, like and that. And this is they, with the vestibular. This is so vestibular, this is where right. the head is, right? right? Okay. Where the inner ear is. Uh huh. And then kids who have an a hyperactive vestibular system um, might be um, 
or an over-responsive might be very anxious when their feet leave the ground. So they oh. might not like going on slides or swings or just motor stuff is difficult or they're very fearful um, of being picked up. You know, some mm -hmm. kids love to be picked up and swung mm -hmm. around and put upside down. And then other children, if they're extremely fearful of that because of where their head is in reference to their body, they have um, a lot of um, behavioral responses that are fear or um, avoidance or things okay. like that. Have is it possible for somebody to be hyper and hypo at the same time in one of these given areas? Like Yes, yes. I, I think often the kids who are hypo and hyper and hypo might fall more into like a modulating. But um, yeah, it, it really varies. Um, and, and hyper being... Um, uh, Over-responsive. Over-responsive and, and hypo under being under-responsive. Under-responsive, okay. yes, exactly. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, no, perfect, <laughs> oh. perfect. All right. Um, I know before we were talking about um, some examples of uh, the how the census may affect, and we were talking maybe things like holidays or something that's out of the ordinary, how a child might interpret that. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Sure, okay. sure. Okay. So um, sometimes holidays and just... Um, schedules are so different around um these types of years so uh, this type of year so um often uh, the one sense that seems to work the best for calming mm -hmm. and organizing is one of the most primitive senses the proprioceptive sense so that body awareness okay um is a sense that is extremely um organizing through things like deep pressure, um, push-pull activities, isometrics. And during periods that are very um, unstructured and um, a little overwhelming for kids, often proprioceptive input will really help to organize kids. So if, uh, for example, if you're going out to the mall and you know, it's just so overwhelming for your kids. Sometimes just um, doing deep pressure, like uh, hugs or um, massage or squeezes can be something that's calming. Um, for some of the kids, we recommend um, like tight-fitting clothing or um, like uh, compression vests um, or just doing some heavy work activities like pushing having a backpack on or um push-pull activities and things so it's like, like that feeding feeding the need right you know so right. you can't just tell them to do it you have to physically help them through that and you know i i know with uh what you're saying about the holidays everything is very very different i mean there's decorations you're doing more you might even be more anxious about what's going on and i know that's affected my son and we only just kind of figured this out recently <laughs> you know which is a little embarrassing but um we've noticed that at, at school like he's he's not as much on task and they have learned to up the the input and with the deep pressure and he likes to do the swings they they, mm -hmm. he, they go to the sensory room they up that and they lower the demand and as you know depending on what his mood is for the day they try to balance that out but right. as soon as the holidays are done and the decorations come down 
he's back to himself. And he loves Christmas, but sometimes it's really hard to take in right, all right. of that information. Because the holidays, there's just so much more sensory information coming in, mm-hmm. whether it's auditory, whether it's you know visual, uh, lots of different things to touch. You're supposed to wear different clothing. And, right. you know, um, so just trying to figure out how to either um, modify what's coming in from the environment or help the child process it um, is typically what the occupational therapist will try to help the family with. We often refer to kind of like a sensory diet, um, and that's where the OT will um, help the family come up with... um, sensory activities that they kind of embed within their daily routine that can help the child um, process the sensory information better or or just um, be more calming and organizing. So things like um, heavy work or deep pressure, you can kind of with the younger kids kind of um, embed that in your routine through what they're playing with or um, when you're changing a diaper, how you're trying to give them a deep pressure then mm-hmm. or letting them jump at certain times before they're, you know, going to do something where they have to be more focused. Mm-hmm. Um, so really trying to um, have a sensory diet as part of the daily routine can be really helpful for some families. Okay. Um, you know, do you, before we wrap it up, do you have any type of favorite success story of someone who's had a specific sensory processing challenge and they could work through it? Does anything come to mind? I mean, I have lots of different (laughs) ones. Um, I, I, right now, we're primarily working with um, children in the birth to three spectrum, so younger kids. Mm -hmm. Um, But one story I love is uh, like uh, one of my little kids who was um, very tactically defensive to different touch things um if he went outside on the grass he would literally like sit down and hold his feet up and he wouldn't touch it with his hands he was kind of frozen he couldn't move because he didn't want to touch the grass and his parents had this big beach vacation um in the summer set up and uh, he would (laughs) not even go out of the car near the sand Mm -hmm. so um we worked for a couple months on um coming up with a sensory diet Mm -hmm. with some deep pressure and heavy work for him to help organize him. And then we practiced with, um, we had a big bin with rice in it. We started with rice and we slowly um, really got him um, to be able to process um, that touch in a non-threatening way. So it was kind of on build up the tolerance it was on his he kind of was in charge of the you know Mm -hmm. he had some control and we introduced um the touch which it's light touch with sand that you don't like so the way we introduced it was by giving it in a deep pressure way so he would kind of like jump on the rice or jump in the sand and we'd squeeze it and squish it um so that he slowly was able to um really um, acclimate to it and he was able to go to the beach that's wonderful um, at first he had little water shoes on but then mm-hmm. they 
he was able to take them off. He was playing in the sand, and the second year he yeah. had not, no That's issues wonderful. at all. And it's interesting because it does take a couple of months, mm-hmm. if not years, to build that up. But yes, yes. with the help of a wonderful OT, <laughs> it can be done. Well, you know, I think it's a perfect way to, to wrap this all up. So, you know, thank you, Dory, for being here today and shining a little bit more light on this whole sensory processing thing. And I'd like to thank you for listening in. And I hope that you learned something that helps you be more understanding of um, somebody who has autism, who has sensory processing and what they might be experiencing. So until next time, I'm Carol Spencer, and this has been Autism Society of Berks County, Inspiration and Impact. For more information, visit us at autismsocietyofberkscounty.org, join our Facebook page, Autism Society of Berks County Members Group, and check us out on Twitter at Berks Autism. That was like-